hard-hitting questions coming out of yesterday. You know, I think one of them was uh, whether or not the horns down is going to be 15-yard penalty uh, in the SEC in the future. That it was very important to finish uh, and to collect the trophy and to win 10 games and win a game on New Year's Day and all those things. And uh, believe me, we had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. I said in my press conference back in December that I didn't feel like there was anything at South Carolina that we lacked to be a championship program, that we had everything that we needed. I am even more convinced of that now after being there for seven months. So there's a report in the Houston Chronicle that, that Texas and Oklahoma are inquiring about joining the SEC. <laughs> I bet they would. <laughs> War Eagle. Feels good to say that. Uh, All right. <clears throat> I didn't even remember that 12 years ago, but now that you say that, because I believe there was something about someone didn't have Tebow first team All-SEC. And as usual, I was accused of that. So <laughs> I brought my ballot to, to show everyone, to show Urban. Um, so, Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast, Ale State. Ooh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Breton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, we got a terrific show lined up. We got David Waters from Gators Mm. Breakdown, the outstanding podcast and YouTube. Shane, you think we're doing good on YouTube. You should see the numbers uh, Dave at uh, Gators Breakdown is doing. He crushes it over there. So uh, very fired up. He gave an outstanding interview breaking down this Florida-Alabama matchup. But uh, hey, before we get to all that, Shane, got to mention the sponsors, Prize Picks. Head on over to prizepicks.com. Use that promo code SEC and they'll double your initial deposit up to $100. So I uh, really fired up about the partnership there with Prize Picks. But hey, Shane, before we get into uh, what we got on the show here, mm-hmm. my goodness, I was not buying in the hype. And I know this is not SEC related <laughs> necessarily, but. It may have a dominoes effect that affect the SEC, but did you see old uh, Urban Meyer here, Shane, on Wednesday was asked about, uh, you know, the USC job now that that's opened. Have you, <laughs> did you see this little clip that's going around? No. What, what does it say? Is it him? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So this is uh, – Oh, no. Let's cut to this clip here from – it's really great if you're watching on YouTube. You, you get the full effect here on YouTube. But this is Urban Meyer – down in Jacksonville during a Jaguars press conference, asked about the USC job. Let's kick it over to Urban. Uh, unfortunately for you, some rumors came out yesterday connecting you to the USC job. I just, just want to give you the opportunity to refute it so that you can put it to bed. No chance. All right, Shane, so one game into his Jaguars tenure, and again, I'm not saying he's going to USC, but – I didn't even believe, uh, you know, it was kind of more of a joke than anything to suggest he's going there. But once I saw this video, I was like, oh, my God. It, I mean, he's <laughs> maybe he's just the worst liar in the world. How about that? 
Yeah, maybe. I don't know. He was he was seconds away from clinching his chest, I think, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what he's fumbling around his pocket for, looking for his life alert. <laughs> Yeah, so anybody that's uh, that is not able to watch on YouTube, just listen to that uh, clip there. He's looking down at the floor. He puts his hands in his pocket, almost like he's crossing his fingers. It uh-huh. it's a it was a wild. I mean, it's very easy to sit here and say, you know, no chance in hell. I'm not doing that. But right, I don't know. It well, it, it was very odd. The first thing I did after this was I went on Twitter and I was looking at some old tweets. And I just I put in some some you know just a few words that I'm gonna, not gonna look I'm not looking at the Ohio State job you know in 2011 man it was all over the place there was under no circumstances am I even considering <laughs> replacing Jim Trussell that's, that has nothing to do with it you know his ass is up there so I don't know man there's a lot of people talking because that's one of the big things this weekend uh, and we really didn't talk much about it because it is NFL but. Uh, that was going around that that he's he's apparently Urban's struggling in, in there and uh, mm-hmm. the, the 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 staff hates him the players hack <laughs> there's like a there's a mix between the college players and the NFL vets you know and apparently it is not good behind those doors so I don't know he may be looking for a quick exit and then how about this Shane you know we talked about it on the last episode Lane Kiffin says uh, Tulane looks like an SEC team. Did you mm-hmm. see the uh, helmet stickers that Tulane? I guess they're going to wear them here against Ole Miss. We're, we'll cut to it here on uh, on the YouTube show. Share the tweet. But did you see this? Mm-mm. So Tulane, they won the SEC three times back in the '30s. They're putting those uh, stickers for each of their SEC championships the year they won it on their helmets <laughs> for the <laughs> Ole Miss game. <laughs> So I guess oh, you can even it. troll the troll Lane Kiffin here. You know what? Oh, damn, Mike. Can you feel it? Can you feel the energy coming into Saturday when Tulane is already trolling? <laughs> oh, we're going to have some great football, man. And one thing, that I promise we'll get to some news here in just a second, but this was too good not to share. I mean, we literally got tagged on this thing probably 50 times. Uh, let's give a shout-out to this guy that made this. He's at not kdk3 and he's put a meme of every single sec coach and sarkeesian and lincoln riley and says if they weren't football coaches you had if you had no idea these were football coaches what job do you think these guys would have so we'll throw this up on the youtube but man how great was this meme oh my gosh just i can you do a quick rundown just the coaches and what that because some of these are flawless but some of them are based on the picture that you see i will say but uh there's a couple the the mark stoops high school principal oh my god <laughs> if you look at it it looks just like a principal i could see that i i would say the only other one i'd probably change dan mullen maybe make him an orthodontist or uh uh but uh yeah so Coach, here we go i'm looking at it here Shane. okay all right it says nick saban he'd be a Used car salesman. <laughs> he looks looks like it. Lane Kiffin's. Uh, he'd be in pharmaceutical sales. Oh yeah, I could see it. Mike Leach, a divor- divorce attorney. <laughs> Jimbo Fisher, an insurance agent. Yes. Brian Harson, a mega church pastor. <laughs> Coach O, waste management. Oh yeah. Sam Pittman, Sam. competitive BBQ pitmaster. 
Uh, Clark Lee, politician. He looks like he's at court, man. <laughs> we got Kirby Smart here. Says history teacher slash coach. Oh, oh yeah. Dan Mullen, real estate agent. Mark Stoops, <laughs> high school principal. Shane Beamer, Chick Fil A franchisee. That, that was good. Josh Heupel, high school booster club president. Oh Eli Drinkowitz, you know tax accountant. Oh yeah, that's good. And then these two, these are wrong, but these are probably the best two. Sarkeesian, DUI, DUI <laughs> lawyer. <laughs> and then uh, Lincoln Riley, youth pastor. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he nailed it, didn't he? Oh, yo, man, he did. Hopple does, he does look like a high school booster. I was going to say like, a, like a grocery store manager, you know, <laughs> I can see a high school. <laughs> These are great. Yeah. If you haven't checked it out, go to our Twitter page. We've, we've got it out there, any of our social networks, but uh, yeah, give this guy a follow. He's got a lot of good content that comes out. So that's hilarious. All right. Real quick, Shane. Uh, if you don't know, every Wednesday is the SEC coaches teleconference. It's about mm -hmm. two and a half hours long. And I've taken the best material from that. And it's about 60 seconds worth of information we got out of this two-and-a-half-hour call. Kirby Smart responds to Shane Beamer saying his team is the most talented in uh, Georgia history. Josh Heupel gives an update on the quarterbacks uh, there at Tennessee. And then Mike Leach, man, he let loose on this damn reporter. So let's kick it over to the highlights from the uh, SEC coaches teleconference. Quick follow-up, uh, what did you think of uh, Coach Beamer's comment the other day about this most talented Georgia team ever? Uh, I didn't even see it, to be honest with you. I haven't paid attention to it. He's, <laughs> he's, not, the, he's not the first to say that. They say that every year, so it's it's always nice. Yeah. To, it's always nice to, for, for those guys to be able to say that when uh, they're playing us, and then they usually say it about the next team they play to. What, uh, how's Anthony look this week? Uh, yeah, he's done fine. He's practiced every day. So, you know, he's still getting treatment, um, making sure and, uh, that, that he's healthy, ready to go. But, uh, he's had a pretty good week of practice. Josh, have you decided on a starting quarterback for this weekend? Uh, we do not have a, a starter yet. Okay. Is Joe Milton available to play? Uh, he was out on the practice field today. I don't know that uh, uh, he'll be available on Saturday. Uh, some of those guys that, you know, were nicked up after the ball game are, are guys that are going to continue to progress through the week, and, and we'll see where we're at as we get uh, closer to kickoff. Hey, Mike. Hope you're doing well this morning. Uh, for, for Will Rogers, the average depth of his target through two games is, is five yards, which is, I think, the third lowest in FBS. I mean, are you satisfied with kind of where he's targeting and, you know, is it kind of like, did you like the, 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 some of the targets that he has right now? Would you like to see him take some shots downfield? Uh, I think he's doing fine. He's a work in progress and we'll just uh, continue to work on it. But uh, I'm glad you seem to know so much about uh, targets downfield and how far they're supposed to be. <laughs> all right Shane. so like i said two and a half hours that's about all the info and highlights i got from that call but i, I just thought that was uh worth sharing particularly mike leach there just going off on that guy yeah the pirate ain't got time for stats man <laughs> <laughs> dude they're two and oh come on now that's the only stat that matters <laughs> all right so we're going to get to our interview right here with uh, david waters real quick uh before we get to that 
I just really wanted to play this clip, Shane, because it looks like these Florida Gators, man, they're feeling confident going into this mm-hmm. one. Brenton Cox, their outstanding defensive lineman, he was asked here this week, are you guys ready for Alabama? Oh, he didn't like that one, Shane. Hey, Brenton. Well, following up a little bit on that, what would it mean for this program to beat Alabama? Haven't You know, they've lost seven in a row to them. What would, what would this game mean? And would it just kind of blow up, you know, college football and certainly the SEC a little bit? Um, yeah, like I said, the Cassidy, uh, we're just trying to get over that hump. Um, each year we prepare um, for them every – either it's the end of the year or in the beginning of the year like this game. Uh, we just try to get over the hump. They're a good team. We're a good team. So, I mean, if we were to win, I don't think it would be a shocker. If they were to win, I don't think it would be a shocker because, like I said, it's the SEC. You never know. So – do you guys feel ready after those the two games? I mean, first team defense played pretty well. Do you guys feel like you're ready for this kind of a challenge? This kind of a challenge. Yeah, we ready. Of course we ready. I mean, big question is, are they ready? Ooh. Ooh. How, so how about that, Shane? I mean, I lo- you got to have confidence when you're going in to play Alabama because – uh, we all know their their reputation and their history. They're mm-hmm. you know they beat the hell out of everybody, but I think it it starts. You remember when Ole Miss beat Alabama back to back years. Uh, of course they had to play good football, but I think it really yeah. it really started with that team believing they could beat Alabama. Yeah. And I also think damn near everybody that that suits up against Alabama, uh, I don't think they they think they can win that game. Yeah, no, I, that's the thing. It's it's all mentality. I'm not saying it's all mentality, but you know it it does it does play a factor, dude. <laughs> I mean, I, I know a lot of folks were were happy I went down memory lane, but I'm telling you, when I was in high school, <laughs> there's a few teams we did not want to play, and and it was between our ears. You think about it, and, and even though the game probably could have went a different way, if you if you get if you let it get in there and, and in front of you, then you start making mistakes, and then you're playing behind the eight ball. That's that's not what you want. But I, I, I love this, Mike. I love my leaders coming out and, and taking shots. Not not none of this bullshit that Alabama is the greatest team on, on earth. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear that we're going to go in there and we're going to beat them. Now, obviously, Nick Saban's going to use these clips to his advantage, <laughs> but that's what I want to hear. I want to hear a confident program going in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what LSU did. You think about LSU and the president down there and everything, man, they were they were firing off comments. They did not care. They were going to go down there and they were going to beat Alabama and turns around, they ended up doing it. So I'm not saying that's going to happen with Florida, but I definitely want my team going in there with this confidence on their on, definitely on their shoulders, you know? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. All right, Shane, so we've uh, held off long enough. Let's kick it to our interview here with David Waters. All right, we're pleased now to be joined by the great David Waters. Of course, Gators Breakdown Podcast, that's the show. And I like to tell people I have a YouTube channel. David has conquered YouTube, in my opinion. All his videos, thousands and thousands of views. You can follow him at Gator dave underscore sec david thank you so much for joining me i really appreciate it yeah thanks for having me of course uh getting getting ready getting ready and gearing up for this big game part of alabama but uh you know it's just uh glad, glad to have college football back glad to have it the way the way we're used to seeing it after 2020 yeah absolutely and we'll get to the big game uh in just a moment but i gotta start with this one thoughts on uh, florida state losing to jacksonville state <laughs> 
yeah, I'm sitting there taking notes for uh, my Gators Breakdown podcast the next day. You're just getting late, and I don't. I live in Jacksonville, and on uh, we don't have ACC Network on, on Comcast cable here. So sitting there scrolling Twitter just a little bit, taking a little bit of break, and I see a score. I'm just like, hold on, this this can't be right. I thought I thought they were pulling it away, uh, but they, they never did. And then uh, they score late, but then Jacksonville State has enough time, and there they go uh, with a with a heck of a catch and run after. Uh, while they're not playing some kind of prevent prevent defense, I'll never know. I know Mike Norvell said there was too much time left on the clock to play prevent <laughs> defense, but there's six seconds to lose. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, another bad coaching decision there from from a Florida State head coach, but uh, they they were feeling good about themselves after that that close loss to Notre Dame, and uh, <laughs> you know, we'll see what that amounted to. But uh, we'll uh, you know, Gator Nation is not going to feel sorry for what happened what happens in Tallahassee. Yeah, so much for that momentum there. So <laughs> Gators, speaking of momentum, Gators rolling into the big week here, obviously 2-0, and not really even tested first two weeks of the season. Uh, is Despite the fact that the Gators are winning big, is there maybe one area of concern or just maybe a question mark you have for this Florida team heading into uh, the Alabama game? Yeah, my, my big thing goes, well, we know this offense was going to shift to more of a run-focused offense. You lose trash, you lose Tony, you lose Pitts. Uh, you have a stable running backs coming back there that Florida can go pretty much five deep at if they want to, and two quarterbacks there that can use their legs in the run game as well. So you knew the shift was going to be there on offense. And I know it's FAU, and I know it's USF. It didn't matter who Florida was playing the last couple of years. They were not able to run the ball, and they've been able to run the ball these first couple of weeks. And I always say, uh, look, you don't get enough credit sometimes for doing the things you're supposed to do. And at least now, you know, with, with the talent Florida is able to assemble, they should be able to run the ball versus teams like this. And now they are. Uh, so, but now the next question is, can that translate? Can, can it translate to your first SEC game? Can it translate to the number one team in America coming into the swamp? It's going to have to for Florida to have a chance. So at least there's a baseline to go by this. Okay, the run game is better. We just don't know how good yet until you start going into SEC play uh, and see this week. You may not even know this week either, just that that's how good Alabama's defense is. Mm-hmm. You probably don't get a gauge for just how good it can be because they may be shutting down almost everybody they play uh, this year. But at least you got a good starting point this year, than, better than you have uh, in years past. Other side of the ball for defense, we just don't really know a whole, a whole lot yet. They, they got to bounce back from 2020. I, I caution Gator Nation – Unless the bottom fell out, you weren't again. Unless the bottom fell out, you weren't going to be able to tell really anything about this defense until Alabama rolls into town. Uh, so obviously, huge, huge game here. Big is this the biggest home game of the Dan Mullen era, in your opinion? Because I remember, and I don't think it's very comparable, but I think back to Auburn 2019. That was one mm-hmm. heck of a scene there. That that's the game that kind of sticks out in my mind. Would you say this is the biggest home game under Dan Mullen? Um. Yeah, you, you mentioned that one in 2019, too, versus Auburn, that 2018 game versus LSU, Joe Burrow's first year at LSU. They, they end up in the top 10 along with Florida at the end of the year. So maybe at that time, that wasn't as big of a game. But when you go back and look at it, that Florida LSU game in 18 was a pretty big game. Uh, but yeah, I, get, I think with all the pregame atmosphere, all the pregame momentum for uh, just getting ready, also coming off the hills of 2020 and not being able to have full crowds, this is the first gigantic sec crowd uh you know we had kentucky missouri last week and a great game by those two teams but you know this is florida alabama these are traditional sec powers this is ninety thousand fans gonna 
you know, screaming their head off. This is the SEC theme music going <laughs> to start popping yeah. at 330 Eastern uh, on Saturday. So this is the big matchup that uh, I think, you know, kind of just tease off the SEC uh, to get things going. So, yeah, I mean, of course, game day decided to go to Penn State and Auburn, and that was kind of something everybody was looking out for if game day would be in town uh, or not. But for Dan Mullen, yeah, it, it absolutely is the biggest game since he's been here at Florida. And he can he can change the narrative a little bit about himself with, with, a, with a big victory Saturday. Now you're as plugged in as anybody to the Gator fan base. What uh, you know is the sense you're getting from the Florida fans, or what's their confidence level? Because I'm seeing a lot of confidence from the players, seeing a lot of confidence from fans. But uh, what's your read on that and how they're feeling about the Gators heading into this matchup? Wasn't as confident as it was two weeks ago, before the season started. You know, you you start and you play some games. Now, look, I mean, it, it, it's weird. I mean, Florida is, uh, granted, like I said before, it's FAU and USF, but Florida's putting up a ton of yardage, and they still have a quarterback controversy. <laughs> that, that's the weird <laughs> thing about it. You're putting up all kind of yards. You're putting up all kind of stats, and part of re- the reason for a lot of those stats is Anthony Richardson. And that's why you have a quarterback controversy, because he's the one conducive to a lot of the explosive plays in this Florida offense right now. Uh, but they are putting up yards uh, – but, you know, Emory Jones comes out and is through two games. He's thrown four interceptions. He probably should have thrown six interceptions uh, when you go back and look at these first couple games. So it's a little subdued now in Gator Nation just because you, know, you figured Emory Jones in his fourth year would be a little further along uh, in being the guy at quarterback. Uh, there, I still think he has the physical talent, and I think just now you just got to figure out what the what was the mental side. What is he not reading right? Why is he not getting his reads right? Why is he? Um, and everything that we've heard, or actually everything we saw the last couple of weeks, where Emory Jones has struggled, and stuff we've heard dating back all the way in the spring, but we didn't get to see it. We didn't get to see an open practice. We didn't get to see a spring game from Florida. We didn't get any fall camp open practices. We didn't get any open scrimmages. Everything was word of mouth coming out of Florida spring and fall camp. But everything we heard is actually coming true. Everything we heard about the inaccuracy, everything we've heard about the timing, everything we've heard about a lack of anticipation from Emory Jones is exactly what we have got in these first couple games. Is there too much pressure on him? Is he feeling the pressure of being the Florida quarterback? Is he now feeling the pressure of a backup quarterback that may eventually overtake him at some point this season? So, He's got a chance to right the wrong as well uh, versus Alabama uh, coming up this week. But the, the the confidence level has kind of died down a little bit, but also at the same time because Anthony Richardson busted an 80-yard run, and at the end of that 80-yard run, he comes up lame on a hamstring. Uh, mm-hmm. there. I, I think Florida fans, if, they, if that had not happened, and Dan Mullen comes out on his Monday press conference and says, all right, we're making the move. Anthony Richardson's going to be starting quarterback. I think Gator Nation would feel exactly like they felt two weeks ago before the season even started. But now going through these first couple of games and seeing Emory Drones struggle and him probably going to be the quarterback most of the time, we'll see where Anthony Richardson is health-wise. But with that situation there, I just think the expectations kind of died down a little bit uh, there in Gator Nation. Yeah, and I was listening to your uh, outstanding show, Gators Breakdown, and I didn't realize that uh, Richardson kind of had this hamstring issue dating back to spring. So yeah, picked up that little nugget from you. But, you know, what – what do you expect to see from him this week in this Florida, excuse me, this Alabama game? Do you think we're going to get more of Anthony Richardson, or is that maybe just that won't be an option because he he may be limited in this game? I think he'll be limited somewhat. I don't I don't think uh, we'll get if he was one hundred percent healthy. Emory Jones may have started anyway. That's just 
Dan Mullen's loyal, maybe even loyal to a fault, uh, to, to, to veteran quarterbacks uh, that he's coached all throughout uh, his career there. Uh, but I do think if Emory Jones, if, if Anthony Richardson was 100%, and Emory Jones was still the starting quarterback. I do think we would have seen more snaps from Anthony Richardson coming up this week versus Alabama. We'll see where he's at now. We'll see where he's at health-wise. I think if he can handle it, if he can handle, hopefully not the pain tolerance. You hope just the pain's not there. Uh, you hope it's just healed enough to where he can go out there and and not uh, not be affected by the injury. Go out there and just let loose and not have to even worry about it. And if they feel that good about him, I think he plays a lot. Uh, versus Alabama, but I do think he'll be limited in some form or fashion. Uh, I mean, there's a big question uh, that, that that is going through the Gator fan base a little bit. It's like, what well, do you do? You throw him out there because you're playing Alabama, and if he's not able to do the things that we've seen the first couple of weeks, um, you know, does that hurt the team? Does that hurt him? Could that hurt his confidence at all? And I'm my, I look at it just a different way. If he's good, if he's well enough to play, if he can go out there and play snaps, and they feel he can be effective somewhat. I think he has to play in this game. You never know what the future holds. You never know if you starting the Tennessee game the very next week and he's the guy and he goes on and he's that special and mm-hmm. you see Alabama again in Atlanta. If, well, if he takes snaps this coming up Saturday when he plays Alabama in December, it won't be a surprise. He'll, he'll know what to expect from the Alabama defense. I think if he can play, you should throw him out there. Uh, but that is the big question there is how much he'll play. I've heard conflicting reports. I've heard that he's that the injury was not as serious as initially thought, and he's been practicing pretty good. Then I just about at 30 minutes before I got on with you, got another report saying that he's been held out of practice pretty much all week. So conflicting reports there. Got to figure out who I want to trust and which way I want to go <laughs> uh, with, with that one. But uh, so, and it could be by design. It could be by design where everybody knows how big this game is. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. they throw fillers out there to the coaching staff do. So we'll see where uh, we'll see where we'll know Saturday. We'll, we'll know Saturday by how much he's out there. Is this game going to come down to uh, Florida's ability to pass the ball on Nick Saban's defense? Do you think? Uh, important points of the game. Yes. Um, I do think Florida's going to try and establish the run. I think they'll try and slow down the game a little bit, try and keep Alabama's offense off the field and plus that's just what florida's been doing well uh these last couple games is running the ball and you know dan mullen can run the ball and control the clock with his quarterback run game and come up with a game plan to get Emory. i think that can be part of getting Emory jones more comfortable as well as using that run game and using the quarterback run game we haven't seen Emory jones run a whole lot these first couple games and rightfully so he shouldn't be running a whole lot versus fau and usf you you know what that can be in this offense you know that's a weapon in this offense it does no good to go out there and running 15 times versus FAU and USF. Mm-hmm. He needs to run 15 times versus Alabama. So I think we'll see that just a little bit more too. But that's going to have to work in order for the passing game to work. I don't think this passing game is going to work unless the run game is working. You can't go out there and ask Henry Jones to throw it 35, 40 times a game. We've already seen that probably will be too much after these first couple of weeks. Uh, you're not the same offense that you were last year. You don't have pitch. You don't have Tony. I still think Florida's good at receiver. I just don't think the offense itself and the way it's designed is to go out there and throw the ball 35, 40 times when you're probably focusing on that run game a little bit. So I do think the the, the passing game will be there. The explosives are going to have to – I don't think Alabama's going to give up a whole lot of big runs, but if Florida can – you know, five, six yards of carry and then hit their explosives in the pass game, I think that's their path for victory, but not a whole lot of passing attempts. Just when you do pass, the passes have to be effective. 
What are your thoughts on uh, Todd Grantham's defense going against Bill O'Brien's offense? Can they keep this from being a shootout style game that, that probably Florida, I would not think that's kind of the style they want to play. Uh, I, I completely agree. If, if this game's a shootout, I mean, put it way, I don't think this game will be a shootout because I don't think Florida can get in a shootout unless Anthony Richardson plays a lot. I think that is Florida's only path to a shootout is if Anthony Richardson comes out there and plays a lot. Um, Florida, this might be the only position. Florida's defensive line and Alabama's offensive line. I think if you look at matchups, you know, offense, defense, and position by position, this might be the closest one Florida would actually be tied with Alabama for. You might even give a little bit of an edge for the Florida front versus the Alabama offensive line. This Alabama offensive line is young, uh, especially, and they're, they're kind of weak on that right side. Look, they're center. This is going to be his first true road start, along with Bryce Young's first true road start. So you got a center and a quarterback there making their first true road game start uh, there for Alabama. And Alabama, I mean, they'll tell you too, they're not, they haven't been happy with the way their offensive line has looked uh, these first couple of games. You go back to that Miami game, they were allowing, uh, now Miami played aggressive. They stacked the box. They, they played really close to the line of scrimmage. They were getting in the backfield. It's just Alabama's running backs were able to break some tackles and still average almost four yards to carry. But I found the stat there. Uh, shout out SEC Stat Cat there. Alabama was getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. They averaged less than a yard before contact. And then they ended wow. up breaking tackles there and still getting about three and a half yards after contact. But at least that shows you that you can penetrate this offensive line a little bit. So I think this Florida defensive line is going to have to step up. Those, those transfers they have and, and brought in with Newkirk and Valentino. Uh, there, Zachary Carter's been on a tear these first couple games uh, for for Gator. Brent Cox's going to have to play like the five star he is. This is this is time for him to show up uh, and, and and make a name for himself for this Florida defense. So I think Florida, if there's one advantage they might have, I still don't know if I call it an advantage, but it might be close to a draw. Is that Florida defensive line in the Alabama front? So. I said at the beginning, you weren't really going to learn anything about Todd Grantham's defense the first couple of weeks. This, this is where it is. You brought him back. You gave him a mulligan. This is the game he's going to have to prove that that, that mulligan was worth it, that you brought him back here and you know not a repeat performance of 2020. All right, last thing for you, David. I really appreciate all your time. What is the blueprint in your mind for Florida to come away with a huge upset win here against Alabama? Make the game – Ugly if you can, and I think it's got to be a fast start for this Florida defense. You can't allow Alabama to get up a couple quick scores. You've got to keep the crowd in it. We've mentioned those other games. We've mentioned the 18 LSU game, the 19 Auburn game. The crowd made a difference. The crowd really did make a difference, but Florida was able to ugly those games up. Neither one of those games were shootouts. They were knocked down, drag them out, defensive battles. Can Florida get in a defensive battle with Alabama? And that starts with not letting them get off to a fast start on offense and keeping that crowd in it. If you can keep that crowd in it and you got a young Bama offensive line and a young Bama quarterback and Bryce Young got the pressure on them in a fourth quarter game in the swamp, maybe some kind of miscommunication happens. And then maybe you get some kind of sack fumble, big play there just because of that lack of communication, but that's only going to happen if the crowd's into it in the fourth quarter, you can't allow Alabama to run away with this game. Uh, you know, look at Florida's big games last year. They were, they had the offense to come back. But they got down big versus Georgia. They came back and won that game. They got down big versus Alabama. They came, they, they came back and made a game of it in the SEC championship game. In big games, the defense gets off to a slow start all the time. They cannot get off to a slow start because they don't have the offensive firepower to fight their way back this time.
All right, he's David Waters of Gators Break Day. Give him a follow at GatorDave underscore SEC. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. He's got the best Florida podcast out there, and he's got the best YouTube channel in the SEC. David, I really appreciate you, man. Mike, thanks for having me, man. All right, so great stuff there from David. Really appreciate him hopping on the line. My man, he probably did about 20 interviews. Not even kidding, mm -hmm. Shane. I mean, everywhere I'm seeing on Twitter, David Waters is on this show. He's on that show. He's on this show. It's a big week mm -hmm. for him with uh, Alabama coming into town. So very, very appreciative of him giving us some time here to break down this game. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Shane. So, uh, hey, buddy, that's all I got on this episode. I'm ready to uh, get to the weekend here, watch some more football games. And, of course, you know, when we next uh, meet, we'll be – Giving our picks for all these games. Shane, yeah. <laughs> Shane's on a heater. He's 2-0. Oh, fire, baby. Uh-oh. I got my lock of the week last week. So, hey, maybe we've turned a new leaf. We've been saying this is going to be the greatest season ever. Maybe it's going to be the greatest season for our picks, too. You know what? Oh, I love it, man. This is a lot better than years past. I like this side better. <laughs> yes, let's keep going. I, I don't have people upset that I'm calling their teams out for lock of the week. You know, I, In fact, I'm getting DMs telling me to pick their teams, Mike. That's where we're at. So, uh, yeah, I'm expecting to go 3-0 and this weekend, Mike. I got a good one for you. All right, buddy. Well, when we meet again, that's what we'll be discussing. But that's going to do it for this episode, Shane. I do appreciate you hopping on the line. I appreciate each and every one of you listeners checking us out. And, of course, as always, you made it this far. Give us that five-star written review on the Apple Podcast app and uh, send that on over to thatsecpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll send you a beer koozie free of charge just for doing it. But that's going to do it, Shane. Catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Vols.